This is Quit, a show about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, and starting something awesome, and maybe even kicking your corporate stooge job to the curb in the process. It's Friday, May 6, 2015, 16. Who knows what year it is here, Hattie Cook. Welcome to the show, Hattie. It's hard to keep track. My name is Dan Benjamin. I've been doing this show. This is our 93rd episode. And uh, the first show that we did was November 23rd, 2012. That's episode number one. And here we come toward getting closer and closer to our 100th episode. Our 100th creeping? and final episode of this show. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. And I have some fun topics uh, for this week. We've got a few great sponsors, and we've got your feedback. And we love your feedback. And the best way to give feedback would be to email it. 5by5.tv slash contact, and you'll see the list of all the shows that we do there. Click quit, and then send me your email. That'll set a special subject line, which is important. It helps my filters find and flag your email so that I will not only read it, but know when we come to showtime uh, to read it on the air, maybe. So let me know if you don't want me to read it on the air, or if you need me to change your name or something like that for your privacy. So as I said before, Hattie Cook is joining me here in the studio. I'm right here, live to the show. Live to the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have, you know, there's lots of things that you don't think about before you start your own business, before you start your own little freelance thing, before you leave the comfort and security of your own job to start something on your own. One of those things uh, actually, there's a whole bunch of those things. One of those things is you think about less about physically how you will work and where you will work and what that experience will be like and the challenges associated with that than you do about how am I going to get paid? How am I going to get work? What is it that I'm going to do? Most of the time, let's say you say, you know what? I want to be, be a freelance web designer, or I want to be a consultant, an IT security consultant, or whatever it is that you're thinking about doing independently. I think it's more direct that if you think, you know what, I want, to, I want to be my own mechanic. I want to be an automobile mechanic. I want to open up my own shop. Or maybe I want to go into my own law practice. We kind of already have ideas what those things are and what they entail. You want to get your car fixed, you know, someone's going to drive it to a shop. They're going to have a lift and they're going to have lots of tools and they're going to have lots of stuff to fix a car. And if you want to go and make furniture, you're going to need a little wood shop. You're going to need a bandsaw and some other things. But if you're doing something that really just involves you and a computer for a lot of the day, you think, oh, you know what? Yeah, like I've got my laptop. I know what I'm going to do. I... I just got to figure out, like, where is my income going to come from? And that's a huge part of it. I mean, please never underestimate that. But at the same time, you should be thinking about the reality, the, the tangible aspect of what it is that you're going to be doing. Where will you sit during the day? What, how will you structure your day? What, what will you wear? Well, who cares what I wear? I'm just going to be sitting at home. Oh, is that something Are you, you want to do pajamas? sustainably? Can sitting at home in your pajamas really fulfill you for a year or five 
we'll talk about that. And there's some other things I want to talk about. But before we do, I want to jump right into some really great feedback. First bit here is from uh, someone named Jim. A listener, listener Jim. Great. Hi, Dan. Great show. Love Jim. That's it. It's all email. Aww, That's all you Jim. need. That's, oh, I, I kind of paraphrased yeah, and I took the best parts of the email. Okay. So thanks very much to Jim and best of luck to you. Just kidding. Hi, Dan. Great show. I've been a listener since the first couple of shows. The short of it is I got laid off the day before yesterday. It was a surprise to me. You know, we think about it. We talk about it a lot. I think sometimes there's writing on the wall. Sometimes if you're connected enough with what's going on in the company, you kind of get a feeling for when they're going to have a layoff or what we used to call in the old days a riff. You ever heard that term, Hattie? Riff. I've heard like the, the British use of it, which is like kind of like you're in a fight. Yeah. You're, Hattie, what you can't see because it's not video, is doing the left to right head, head bob, head bob which is to say, I got a little bit out of Or maybe I'm thinking about Rao. I don't know. Well, I don't know. But Riff in my day stands for reduction in forces, huh. which is a way for the manager who has no real accountability to uh, shrug off any sense of responsibility in uh. what's going on. There's uh, going to be a riff. Again, this is nothing we can do. Lay off 30%. (laughs) But a lot of the time, you have no idea at all if you're going to be part of a layoff. And Jim had no idea. He was surprised, surprised by it, shocked. He says, fortunately, I was given about three months of severance. That's rare. But right now, I was the sole income in our household. I'm married with a kid. The good part of this event is the job was not a good fit and the role was getting worse since I took it. I wanted to build a new career for years after listening to early back to work in Mixergy. Have you listened to Mixergy? No, I've never, okay, heard, I've of never heard of that show. Hattie, could you put Mixergy into the, and back to work into the show? <laughs> I will. All of it started me down the path of doing something I could be in control, be my own boss. I'm skilled at web development video, and online marketing, and I have a few online properties and products that I, have, that I haven't before had time to take advantage fully. I'm not worried. Anytime I read that in an email or somebody says those words to me, I'm not worried about. I, my response is automatically, why are you not worried about it? Maybe you should be worried about it. But Jim says, I'm not worried about finding a new job. And I'd rather spend this time not interviewing for another filler job, but rather maximizing the time I have to start building something that I could then more easily leverage if I do end up having to get another full-time job. I'll come back to that point in a minute. My question for you is, given the constraints of three months, very little budget other than what I have now or can learn, if you were me, where would you focus your time and energy to lay some groundwork? Thanks and have a great day. Well, there's a couple missing pieces to this puzzle that I will attempt to do my best to fill in. Uh, One of these things is we don't know what his old job was exactly, and we don't know what his job would be if he was going to look for another full-time job. But he says that he's skilled at web development, video, and online marketing. 
So I'm going to just assume, for the sake of argument, that he was working in web development. I think it's safe. That's a safe you Okay. Here's what scares me. It, it's a very, very, very different to start saving and have three months of your salary in the bank and working up toward going off and being independent and doing something on your own than it is to go to work one day and say, hey, buddy, uh, by the way, yeah, here's three months severance, but you're laid off. Very, very, very different. And the piece that's missing for Jim is all of the preparation that leads up to that. And I guess another piece is the, the timing that leads up to that. So that by the time that you are actually saying, I quit, you've had a whole lot of time to prepare for that. You've had a tremendous amount of time to get yourself ready, get yourself, uh, get the money saved up, answer all of those questions about what exactly am I going to be doing? Where will I be working? How will I be working? Where will the money come from? Getting yourself psyched up. Do people still say that, Hattie? Psych- yeah, get, get psyched. psyched. Which is different from psych. That is different. Psych. No, it's not. I'm just kidding. Or psych ward. Correct. All different things. Yeah. And being in that position where you say, I've been planning for this for a month or two months or three months. I've been saving for this so that now I have this much money. I have my first leads lined up to go and get them. As opposed to the as he as he says himself, is he was surprised by the layoff. So when he when I hear him say that he's got the three months severance, he says, given the constraints of three months, you have you actually have one month. You're right. already ticking away at that one month because this email is a couple weeks old already, actually. <laughs> but you're already have lost that much time, and the reason I say you have one month and not three months is. Even though you're not worried about finding a new job, let's say you have no reason to worry about finding a new job. Let's say that you're so good and the job market is so good that you could walk into a business today and say, I am Jim, this is my work, and they would say, thank you for coming in, this is where your desk will be, (laughs) and here's your salary. Maybe he has like friends that are like, oh yeah, we can get you a job there. Maybe. Or maybe somebody runs But even else. so, there's still turnaround time for that. Yeah, transition time. That takes time. Most companies, even at the very least, they, they've got payroll that they want you to start on a day that payroll makes sense even. You know what I'm saying? There's lots of reasons why you can't just walk in on Wednesday at 4 p.m. and that's, your, that's when you start That's day working. one. Yeah. That might happen. Maybe you've got that kind of connection. Cool. But for most people, especially if you're talking about taking a, a job with a real corporation where there's more than just a couple of employees, right. there is a process and they're going to want you to start on the first or on the 15th. So already that's eating into some of that. Now, something else you've got to think about is when you get your first paycheck, you're not getting paid on the day you start working. There might be a, a week delay. There might be a two-week delay. Right. Some places there might be a month delay. It depends on how their payroll is set up. Hattie, when you got paid, I, I saw we got the email. We got paid yeah. today. That isn't from the work you're doing up till today. That's from two weeks ago. Right. That's what you're getting, or a week, at least a week ago. It's, we're at least a week or two behind. So that 
you're doing that work and you get paid later for that work. Mm-hmm. While you're already working on the next While you're already working on the next payroll. Batch of work, yeah. Right. That's normal in most places. So you don't really have three months of time. Even if you were to go and get that job tomorrow, when would you start? And how long would it be before you got paid? Well, also, if I don't, I, I also don't want him to think like, now He may oh, have money in the bank. I know that. But right. you don't want to touch that money. No. And if he's, like, if he's saying that if he got three months severance, then that means he can slack off for three months or not do anything? I don't get the impression he's okay. wanting to slack off. Because I also, you know, like, why not, if you do, if you can get a job tomorrow, get a job tomorrow. And not don't use that three months. Like use that towards putting that in a savings account or something like that. Like right. So what? Um, if I'm hearing you right, I think your advice is the same as mine, which is immediately look for a new job right now. Don't even try because this. I'll just tell you what I'm saying. Don't use this as an opportunity necessarily to relax. To relax. I agree. If you want, if you want to do your own thing and run your own business. And that's what your goal is. And you're not going to be happy with your life unless you do that. And you feel that even though this took you by surprise, that you are emotionally ready, financially ready, and you have the support of your spouse. Thank you. Is ready too. And that you've got an income stream that's really clear and obvious to you. Then yes, I think you could go for it. But you have a very limited time to do that. And you have to time box this. You have to say to yourself, I am going to spend 30 days doing this. And if by the end of the 30 days, I don't already have an income stream that looks like it's going to not just be enough to pay my bills, but that shows promise for the future to increase and make more than I was making. Because if you run your own business and you're independent, you will, it will cost you much more to do that than it costs you to just uh, get a salary. So if you were getting a salary for $100,000 and you're like, oh man, I, I'm going to get $100,000 in client work this year, then you are losing money and you should go back to getting a full-time job. That's the way to look at that. So you got a time box this. You got 30 days from now. Well, what about the other two months of severance that you had? What are you going to do with the, those two months? That's what you're going to need to use to find the next job. Because even if you're lucky enough to think that, oh, I don't need to worry about that. Well, you should worry about it. Everyone should worry. You're going to take some time to find the right job. You have to do the interviews. What happens when you have that interview scheduled and then the guy who's doing the interview or the woman who's doing the interview all of a sudden. Is sick. They get sick. Their kid gets sick. They have the flu and they're out for two and a half weeks. They have to be gone for two weeks. Now, oh, you know what? They want to hire you. It's great, but that you just can't do that interview. So what happens? Well, that's why you allow time for that. Right. Realistically, Jim, I don't know if you are 100% sure that now is the right time for you to do this. I don't know. I'm not convinced. You're not convincing me with this email. Here's what I didn't see in the email, Hattie. I didn't see him saying, it has always been my passionate desire to run my own thing or to be independent or to be an entrepreneur or to be an independent web designer. What I did not see is I have tons and tons of leads and contacts in the web development community. And I know 
that there's work out there already because I've been turning it down because of my full-time job. Right. I've been saying no to doing all of these other projects. Now I can start saying yes. Or I've been doing stuff on the side just as a, you know, and now I'm just, I'm ready to turn it into a full-time thing. Great. Then I would say, yeah, take this as an example. But it sounds like you're just getting started, Jim. And what I think is you need a lot more planning. I think you need a lot more planning. Yeah. Now, maybe you don't have it. Maybe you've already decided. Maybe in the week or so since you sent me this email, you've already made decisions and choices and done things. But that makes me nervous. I like to plan. And when you're talking about a big decision like this one, and this is a big decision, that you, you, if you don't go into it feeling confident and having everything lined up, every T crossed, every I dotted, you are going to do a terrible job. I'm telling you this. Your jo- you will not do a good job. Why are you laughing? No, I'm just smiling because I think that you're right. He, it, he will be stressed out, he will be unhappy, and it will be a bad experience, and he will say, freelancing is not for me, it's awful. Right, it'll ruin it's a craptastic your, your experience. idea of it. That's because he was unprepared. Maybe he is prepared, we don't know. No, he doesn't sound prepared. Maybe he just didn't share it. He better share it if he's writing into this program. True. That doesn't mean I don't think Jim could do it. I think Jim could do it. Jim can do it, title. But, but, he doesn't sound ready. That's all I'm trying to say, Hattie. He does not sound ready to me. So given the constraints of his three months, very little budget other than what he has now or can learn. If I was him, where would you focus your time and energy to lay some groundwork? By trying to get as many job interviews as I could and taking (laughs) the next job that I can get that's good. Yep. And then, you know what? Set your sights on the... Ne- you got a kid, man. You're supporting your family. You don't get to, you don't get to mess around anymore. You got to time box this thing. What does your wife say about all this? I'm not saying I don't believe in you, Jim. I believe in you. I just want you to have a better platform and a better launch pad to take off from. That's all I'm saying. And if, and if you listen to this, uh, Jim, and it made you angry, and it made you say Dan is completely wrong. What an idiot Dan is. He doesn't know what he's talking. I am ready. I'm going to do this. Good. Go and do it and prove me wrong and write me back and say, dude, you were so wrong. Here's what I did. Otherwise, go get a job. I'm serious. You can't mess around. If you were like a single dude and you could go crash on your parents' couch, I'd be like, yeah, go do it. Our first sponsor today is Parachute. Parachute. Oh, I'm saying it wrong? Parachute. I think you can say it however you Parachute. like. Parachute's cool. It's an online bedding brand. They sell bedding. They sell bedding. It's beautiful. Because you know what they say? They have a little slogan there that they live by. Great sleep starts with your sheets. Did you know that? Yes, especially since sleeping on my linen ones. So you have you have gone through this process. I have, and what it do, was wonderful. Okay. <laughs> what? What? First of all, what? What was it like? What was the whole process? Well, the process like? was really, really easy. Just ordering and everything, and you know the way that they organize their site, it was really easy too. And uh, they even have like when you're when you're ordering the um, I got the the linen 
Venice set, which is like it has the duvet cover in it. Now, they offer more than just linen, right? Oh, yes. No, lots more. They've got the, I think it's percal. I don't know how to say that. I was hoping you would know how to say that. (laughs) But you got linen. Now, I was under the- And sateen. when, When you got the linen sheets- Right, you were like, you're crazy. I'm like, you're crazy. Linen's all wrong. You don't want to sleep and on I was some like, linen. Nah, dog. You got to go with the linen. You will not be quiet about this. Every day you come in, uh-huh. you're like, oh, I love my sheet, I love my sheet. Like, it's, they're great because I, <laughs> you know, if I'm hot in the night, they're nice and cool. Uh-huh. And if I'm cold, like when I get in the bed at night after sitting cold on the couch, I go and get in the bed and it's nice and warm. It's everything. Like it's regulating. Yes. yes. And I, I lay my face down on the pillowcase because it comes with two pillowcases too that are linen. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just, it just kind of cuddles you. And you just want to get in the bed every night. Like I can't, when yeah. I wake up in the morning, I'm like only, you know, nine and a half hours until I get to get back in the bed again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Malaria. I hate it. I hate malaria too. Well, so does parachute. They hate it also. And, uh, what what's crazy about parachute is that they are partnering with this United Nation United Nations nothing but nets. They oh, send nice. bed nets to I guess people who are sleeping out in the woods with the mosquitoes or in or, the or desert a place or wherever where they malaria are. Malaria is common. Right, wherever that is. And so they send these nets. So they're help. They're helping. But here's here's how they're going to help you. If you want to try this, you're like, well, I don't know if I'm going to like the sheets. That's fine. They understand that. Free shipping, free returns, thirty nights, risk free. That's awesome. You have plenty of time to try. I hope you. I hope it doesn't take you thirty nights to figure out if you like sheets. Especially the linen. Seriously, I'm. I'm really. No, I know you are. Oh, so so go go to parachute home, parachute home. Dot com slash quit. Parachutehome.com is cool. When you're there, use the code quit to get $25 off your first order. They have sheets, they have duvets, and other bedding essentials. So go check it out. Thank you. Sleep like a queen, like I do. Or? Or a king. A king. Thank you to Parachute for sponsoring this episode. Our next email. Long-time listener, Aaron McLeod of the Clan McLeod. Ah! Now, not everyone has seen the movie Highlander. Hattie, could you please put the, movie, the Wikipedia entry for Highlander into the show notes? I don't even know if I've seen Highlander. Highlander was an amazing, amazing movie. Uh, I don't think that it holds up. It has nothing to do with the Toyota Highlander. It was a great movie starring Christopher Lambert. They're already talking about the Klansman in here. And Sean Connery. And these beings, they, I don't want to ruin the movie for those who haven't seen it. But a Highlander is uh, an immortal warrior who at some point in their life, they will die. But they don't die. They're sort of reborn as a Highlander. And the Highlander is uh, like an immortal warrior who are, they are all kind of battling against each other. And the, the one of the, there's this thing they experience called the quickening where they're like doing anyway, that doesn't matter. 
it became a cult film. There was film sequels, which were terrible. There was a television spinoff. But they had this thing, there can be only one. And so after you, and Queen did the soundtrack. Uh-huh. And so so if you had, if you were a Highlander and I was a Highlander, uh-huh. I would be able to sense that you were approaching. Oh. And I would be like, oh, it'd be like, a, a almost Highlander. like a Spidey sense. I like that. And we would, I, we'd get a little paranoid about it. Because you don't know right away, is it is it your friend Highlander? Is it an enemy? Is it someone you're going to battle? But there's lots of other Highlanders out there. And they all carry swords because the only way to kill another Highlander, of course, is to chop off their head. Duh. Right. You, they can be stabbed or burned or whatever, and they heal from all of that. However, a sword, sword. fight. So you get sword fights. A really cool, really good scripted sword fights. Like I'm like... Really good action fights and stuff. I like I like sword fights. I also like bows and arrows. I think it it ups the game a little bit. So the Kurgan is the bad guy in this, and he's played by Clancy Brown. And uh, this is the first thing I think anyone ever saw Clancy Brown in. Clancy Brown is awesome. He's an incredibly great actor. He was in the Shawshank Redemption. He was in Carnival. He was, uh, he does Mr. Krabs <gasps> in SpongeBob SquarePants, the I voice. I love Mr. Krabs. He's a very cool actor. But anyway, that was the Kurgan who was like the real bad guy in, uh, in these movies. And the reason I mention this is Aaron McLeod is actually a Highlander. Aaron McLeod of the Clan McLeod. That's how they would... Ind- oh, I am Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod. Well, he's Aaron McLeod of the Clan McLeod. Hi, Dan and Hattie. Long-time listener Aaron McLeod sending in a question here. You can use my name on the air if you wish. Oh, I'll use your name, Aaron McLeod of the Clan McLeod. <laughs> There's something I've been wondering about for a while. Your recent chat about lazy, entitled millennials. And by the way, Hattie, I have an article about this to read today. Ah. Has gotten me thinking about this more. When working in a company, be it big or small, not necessarily a startup, how much time should a person put in? And should I feel about leaving on time? All my family and friends who work at full-time jobs are making sourly, not hourly rage. Therefore, when times get busy, putting in overtime is expected. I respect and understand this notion. I've stayed late at work on occasion or work occasionally when a deadline was approaching and I still had a clear set of work left to be done. Earlier on the sprint... When things look okay, I will typically leave on time after doing an eight-hour day. Likewise, if I finish up a feature or a bug and there's only a bit of downtime left in the day, I will just do some cleanup, such as a log time, read any emails, and then head home. In a number of jobs, I sometimes feel like I'm letting the team down doing this, even though my workload might not dictate it as such. I usually get in earlier than the other team members, so I leave some time before them. I think this is probably in my head as I do stick around when the going gets tough. I've never received any negative feedback about this throughout my career, but I always wonder, am I wrong to feel this way? Definitely tell me if this attitude comes off as lazy. After a day where my brain feels spent, I look forward to getting home, relaxing and unwinding, maybe loading up a side project a bit later in the evening after having some food and going for a walk. Another aspect to consider is if I'm looking to prove myself at my job, start working toward more senior role, and eventually a lead role, does this play a factor? I'm trying to write as high-quality code as I can without sacrificing budget or too much time, as well as make myself feel a part of the team by contributing ideas and try to always work out 
and help others when I can. The culture here is pretty good about not wanting people to feel highly overworked and especially not burnt out. They know schedules don't always work out and sometimes you have to put in extra time, but they want us to feel comfortable. I know you both run a small business and work decent hours. You often talk about your hours honestly and openly, but I feel like you're able to keep a consistent schedule, spend time with your kids, etc. I believe this is important for maintaining a healthy lifestyle, getting time to relax a bit, visit the gym, cook a healthy meal, spend time with friends or family. Thanks for reading. I hope you're both doing well. And we'll get to enjoy some spring weather. Take care, your Canadian friend, Aaron McLeod of the Clan McLeod. Thanks, Aaron. He's actually, he says he's Canadian, but as we all know, the Clan McLeod is Scottish. Deep in its roots. Yes. The Highlands, you see. Oh, yes. Yes. So thank you for your email. I love this email. I love, I love Aaron McLeod of the Clan McLeod. There it is. So this is, this is a wonderful, wonderful question yeah. on many different levels. And Hattie, I, I would like to hear from you first because I know uh, of all the people that I've ever had working for me, you probably have the best work ethic of anyone. Thank you. And and not just people working for me come to, come to think of it, but of uh, you would be at the top of the list with anyone I've ever worked with as far as stick-to-itiveness, willingness to put in the time, willingness to put in above and beyond. Uh and and you are definitely a millennial. I definitely am. And you're the only millennial that I've ever met who has any of this. Care to comment? Sure. Uh, Well, number one, I think that it's definitely uh, a family thing. I was kind of raised that way. My sister's like that, too. Um, Like, I know she works really, really long hours at her museum jobs and things like that. And but I mean, I I was kind of raised never to. Stop working. And you not come in from like a, a family of entrepreneurs as well. Yes, everybody works for themselves. All my parents' friends worked for themselves. So I just, it, it wasn't that it was like, we're always working. It was more like a job and life are kind of the same thing in the sense of, I mean, my parents were photographers, so it was kind of job and life at the same time. Uh, but I don't know. It just, you, you, there was always something more to be doing. And so like to stand up at the end of the day, I never feel like I'm like, ah, oh, good. I got everything done today. No, I never feel that way right. ever. Right. I never, ever, ever have felt that way. Mm-hmm. I've maybe paused in the middle of whatever I'm doing. That's how I feel at the end of every single day. I've paused at whatever <laughs> I've been doing all day paused and then i'm just going to pick it back up tomorrow whatever has been added on continue on (laughs) um it i don't think that you need to work extra hours or longer hours to prove yourself i think that's that would be like a, a a bad company ethic but i think that the quality of work that you put in is very important and yeah. like he said he's he tries to make high uh, write high quality mm-hmm. code so mm-hmm. that's good um and i think that it is okay to say you know what i did a good job today i put out high quality work and i did come in a little bit earlier than everybody else so you know what i do get to leave a little bit earlier yeah. now i think that if you're worried about moving up the up the chain in a chain of command i think that might 
reflect not badly but i think that is something they might take into consideration but may if they're aware that you come in early then i don't know what do you think no i mean i i I like all of your points um and i remember i i remember working in the corporate stooge world very vividly and i remember that a big part of how you were evaluated in a more corporate environment is are you at your desk are you there and I remember talking to a friend of mine, uh, one of my mentors early on in my career, and, and he was saying, man, I, I wish that we were evaluated and that, uh, based on the work that we did, perhaps even the volume and quality of the work that we do, not where we're doing it from or how we're doing it. For example... Many software developers, and, and Hattie, I know we've talked, we've talked about this before, many software developers, designers, other people in this kind of computer-based industry, and writing, I think, would be in there too. But just, just keep in mind, coding is a very creative process. Very. It's logical, but it's very creative. Kind of like design. If, well, I, I don't think there's anyone who's questioning that design is creative. But well, I'm saying like you're you have to put in the same amount of time. It's a lot of tweaking and going back and forth and checking things. Like it's you can't rush through any of that. You can't be like, quick, I'm gonna do a bunch of code and just finish this project right now. Like you can't plan for that. Right. <laughs> you know, I think that a creative thing like that, you can't you can't control when you feel creative or when you feel inspired no. or when you're, you know, for, for many, many people, they are most productive and creative first thing in the morning, early in the morning. There's a lot of other people who, might, and, and I'm thinking, I'm looking at you designers, Night they owls. don't even want to wake up until 11 o'clock because nope. they're going to be up until two working on stuff. Something about the nighttime. You've said many times that that was your That was when my, my brain switched from like uh running at like a six and then it would like 10 it's you know it's seven or eight p.m mm -hmm. time to go time to start doing things yeah. and that's when i was like cleaning the house and like that's when i got <laughs> things done because so, that's when i had my spike of energy now if you're expected to come in and work you know nine to five nine to six whatever very different like you need to now teach yourself or train yourself to be productive and be creative in that time period and that's dumb. That doesn't matter. You should be right. able to work. Yes, it's important, especially if you're in a, a more office-y kind of corporate place. Like, you've got to be there. You've got to show your face around there. You've got to be able to go to the meetings. You've got to be in your at your desk or in your cube or whatever so that when other people need you or need to communicate with you or need to talk to you, that you're available. So being available during those core hours, it's fairly important. But I've heard of a lot of companies that say, like, you know, here's a, a number of hours that you need to work whenever that works for you. Just put right. those hours in. And by the end of the week, that's what you need to do. Or One something. of the first jobs that I had, we had what was essentially flexible time. We had these core hours where everybody in the company was expected to be there. And I think those core hours were like, I think they were like 10 to 10 to two or 10 to three. And so you could get in as early as you wanted and you could leave at two or three in the afternoon after the core hours after done. the core hours were ending or you could get in at 10 and as long as you put in a full day of work it didn't matter yeah. whether you got in at seven eight nine or ten See, or whether I you like left that. at three four five or six and 
But yes, there is. When, and what Aaron McLeod of the Clam McLeod is talking about is what about that extra time? Should I worry about not putting in that extra time? And there, I don't know if it's as prevalent today as it was a number of years ago. And I'll tell you how I think this has shifted, Hattie. Yes, tell me. But I think back in, in, in a number of years ago, yes, I would have said it absolutely 100,000% matters. Yes, you need to be there, especially early on in your job in the first six months, even year. You need to be there and you need to show that you're dedicated, that you're devoted. If you want to get a promotion, you about if you job. want to move up, you move up by putting in extra time. Because if you're competing in the amount of time that you put in with everyone else that's out there. Right. If you if there's five other people, are you the one putting in an extra hour a day or extra 30 minutes a day or extra that's 5 the hours a week? person that's going to get the promotion. Right. I'll I'll promote that person why? Cuz they're always here and they're always working hard and they're putting they this company more. first. They right. must care more. And there's a backlash against that for a while of like screw that, dude, like 5 p.m. I'm out of here. I am not I'm not this job. This ain't me. Right. This ain't my life. This is how I pay my bills and yeah when i'm there i'm gonna like it but like that and then that evolved you see that evolved and i i know you had have had some personal experiences with people who have been in this kind of thing where like their uh their job and the people that are at their job become almost like their family in a way they're yeah. extended for we talked about friends giving right <laughs> where where this this idea that like it used to be that like you sell your soul to the company and then they're like, screw that, man. I don't sell my soul to nobody. Right. This place don't own me. And then the next evolution of that is I'm going to choose the people I want to be around. Right. And now they're my family. Basically. Now they're my family. And right. So like now when I go to work, I'm like, going to like all, the people I work with. It's not about the company. It's about this amazing community, community that yeah. exists within these amazing walls. And it just happens to be that there's like a company and work to do, man. But like we're friends here and like we're family and like we hang out together and like on the weekends I go over their house or they come over my house and we grill burgers and like at night after work when that new Captain America movie comes up like we're all taking Friday off to go see the movie man together and man it just so happens and we're traveling together and we're doing everything we're, together and it just so happens that we might talk about work while we're driving up there. Or right. maybe we're, so it's, it's we're going to go on a retreat with all 14 people on the thing and the eight people from the other. We're going on like a retreat. We're like going skiing, man. And next summer, we're going to go to the beach. We're always all together. We're together, man. Listen, it's no different than it was 10 years ago. The only difference is the premise of it is different. And it's probably a little bit more fun. It's a lot more fun. <laughs> But now they got beer in the fridge at work and they can drink it whenever they want. And they because got they a, want to encourage that extra time. Right. They got a uh, they got an espresso machine in there so that you can go and there's, we run an espresso bar. Of course you do. Because you want, want everyone you to, want. to hang out here. Right. Why go to the Starbucks down the street? We got Don't coffee leave. right here. Right. And everyone is drinking the coffee and we're all hanging out. We're all together. Look, it's fine. No, it's fun. Like I'm not knocking it. But I'm saying that's how they get you to put in the time. They make it fun so that you want to be there and so that your friends are already all there. Right. Why would you try to like meet up with your old friends? Or you know what? I'm going to I'm going to leave like 30 minutes early because I'm going to go m meet my friends that work at this other design place, you know. In, oh, why are you quitting? Uh, right. Are you quitting? You're right. on the way out? Oh, you're hanging out with them from this company. Oh, you know, like weird. it just. So I think that the companies really are like, well, 
We better right. do this thing. That's but why they got ping pong tables and cof- cafes and everything But you know what? Else. A lot of that stuff to me, and maybe I'm just this type of person, but a lot of those extra things like, oh, we have ping pong tables and we've got, uh, you know, the espresso machine and there's, you know, like we've got board games and stuff. I know myself, I'm not going to use any of that. You can't even get me to leave at the end of the day, Dan. I, I can't be distracted. Like if I get distracted... That's it for the rest of the day. Like, I'm not one of those people that can take like, oh, I like a little break. I'm going to just do it and then go back to work. No, I have to lock in mm-hmm. and then I'm there. I'm old But school. I don't think there's anything wrong with having camaraderie and having fun. And not I don't want I want it to sound like I'm knocking that. I'm just saying there, a lot of people are still today spending a heck of a lot of time at work or doing work-related things. So I would say, yes, that is still relatively i would say expected and if if you're putting in your time and you're doing good work that's the only thing that should be used to evaluate you in reality a lot of the time other things are used to evaluate you and that's it's unfortunate you should be able to do good work and if that good work happens at 2 a.m and you can get done what you need to get done on this project and that's a good volume of stuff and you're getting it done from 2 a.m to 6 a.m okay and and you're producing but it takes you four hours to do what might take someone else eight hours to do that shouldn't matter right that you shouldn't be penalized for that right if you can come into work and get everything done that you need to get done and by noon you're done you, that's what happened, but that's not real life. Real it's life like, is they expect you to be there. Right. It's like if you finished a test early, and I knew some people, some schools that did this, that when you finished the test, if you finished it early, you still had to sit there and wait with everybody else. You couldn't leave. Like, that's not fair. You finished it early and you shouldn't be punished for and be made to sit there for the rest of the time. I have a little more to say about this, uh, but I want to say thanks to our sponsor. It's Quip, Q U I P. They took their company name. Based off of the show's name. Yeah. They just, they they saw that like Quit was taken. So right. they're like, well. We'll call it Quip instead. Go to Quip, Q-U-I-P, Quip.com. And here's their premise. This fits in with what we're talking about. They say that the way that uh, we work today is dumb. We're drowning in email. We're interrupted by meetings. We're getting nothing done. Former CTO of Facebook, Brett Taylor, and the creator of Google App Engine, Kevin Gibbs, they came together and they're like, you know what? There has got to be a better way. We're going to build the future right now. And that's what they did. They started Quip. It's a company that is crazy enough to rethink and build a productivity suite from the ground up because the old tools were built on an old paradigm, old technology, non-mobile era stuff that don't meet the needs of today's teams. That's what Quip does. Brand new productivity suite that's all about the concept of the living document. The living document, that is when you go to create something, words, images, spreadsheet data, whatever it is, that communication has to exist, not separate from it, but integrated into it. Go and look at, think about that Word document that you've been sitting there editing, right? And you send it to one person and they put their comments, they email it back or it's up on the file server and there's five, 10 emails about it and there's an IM about it and there's a Slack about it. What if all of this stuff could exist within the context of the document? It would be a living document. That's what Quip does. 
You've got to check this out. It's really different and it's really cool, but a lot of places are embracing it. Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, CNN, Quora, New Relic, Instacart, Product on Stripe, Taser. You're just naming companies. No, these are all companies that uh, use it. That's They're awesome. right here on the list. Quip. So go to quip.com slash quit. Quip.com slash quit. Just going to the URL supports this show. Sure does. But if you go there, you may find out that uh, you just uh, love the way that these living documents will change your life. So go check it out. Sign up. Try it out. Quip.com slash quit. So my last comment on this is I don't think that Aaron McLeod of Clan McLeod should feel guilty about leaving when he's done. Yeah, I agree. Especially if he's confident if he's doing that he's doing, the doing work. good work. It's, it should not be. Now, there are so many companies that do evaluate you based on the number of hours and when those hours are. He says he gets in early. Here's some advice for people who are just starting out in their careers or who are just wanting to, to figure out their way, finding their way. Find out when your boss gets there. Uh-huh. Get there about 15 minutes before your boss. And when you see your boss leave, wait about 15 minutes and then leave. Yeah. Now, if you're unfortunate enough to have a boss who's like a workaholic, and is like there at like midnight. Right. They're there from right. 6 a.m. to midnight. <laughs> you, you, may, you may, you know, become aware of that. And then, yeah, like Hattie says, don't do that. But, and I'm not saying do that for your whole career there at the company. I'm not saying do that for a year. But I say don't do that jet at out first. at five. Right. Like when five o'clock comes, don't be the first person to be like, oh, five o'clock, we're going. And, and go. And run down you the don't hallway be like person. the people outside. Yeah. You don't want to be doing that. That's, a, that's bad form. Yeah. But instead, pay attention to when other people leave. Try to get there around the time they get there. Try to leave when they get there. And, and it'll, right. it'll be good for other reasons. When people show up, a lot of the time they are getting coffee together. They're sort of meeting each other. They're talking that you'll, they'll probably, you know what? You'll probably be hungry when they get hungry. And when they say you want to go to lunch, you won't be like, nope, brought my brown bag. Going to sit here. No. Ate it two hours ago. Right. Got to go now. like <laughs> No, you'll go to lunch with them. And that's very important, too. There's a lot of office politics about this. When you see other people getting up to leave, say to yourself, well, the woman next to me, she's been here for six months. And yeah. she, she gets up and leaves around 530. The dude down the hall who's wearing flip flops and a T-shirt walks out at five. Exactly. Like he's packed up at five. Right. And then... This other woman over here, she's been here for a few years. She just got a promoted to a senior systems analyst right. too. And talk uh, to people and see you know, when does she leave? Their track, right? That's so really good advice. Think about it. Pay attention and and base it on those things. Now, if you're a parent and you're going to get home to put your kids to bed, like get home to put your kids to bed, right? When you need to do, don't that. be like, oh, you know what? I should just stay extra hours because I know I'm up for that promotion. It's maybe. very like, different to be like, right. it's my first 30 days of the job, 90 days of the job. I got to prove myself. That's fine. Right. But there's an interesting email. I mean, an interesting article that I will get to later in the show. Did we answer Aaron's I, question? We've answered it. Okay. He shouldn't feel bad about leaving. I don't know if I, but I was, it was an article that I was reading and I think it was about 37 signals guys. And they were talking about the importance of, uh, of setting a good schedule for yourself. And so I want to talk about this. And there's an article that I linked to 
which is called The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly of Remote Work After Five Years of Experience. Well, I did remote work for seven years. And I thought a lot of what the author of this article had to say is, is, is important. So I wanted to talk about that too, because it all relates to setting a schedule for yourself. The first thing, and I've talked about this before, is if you're working from home, if you're alone during most of the day and you're working from home, a lot of people will say, well, I don't like to work from home. I like to have other people. I like to have interactions. I like to work at coffee shops. I like to do co-working. These are really cool things. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people like to interact with other human beings and be right. out in the world. And other people are like, I don't need it. Here's the thing. We are social beings. We do better when we are out in the world. Today, I went to the UPS store to drop off a return, an Amazon.com return. The pillow did not work out. More and on that later. <laughs> I, maybe. And I remember thinking, you know, especially these last few weeks as I try to finish up Fireside, a uh, little self-promotion. It is a podcast uh, hosting and analytics platform that I've been working on for the last year. I've been really heads down on it a lot recently. And like in the space of a day, you know, uh, I, would, I would come into work, code, 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 go home. So the only people that I'm really seeing were, you know, you and our intern when, when she's here. And then at home, like my wife and my kids, and that's it. And I'm not, not really like doing anything else besides that. And that's all right, you know, for crunch time, heads down, getting stuff done. But I was thinking today in the UPS store, the guy, his, his job is a customer service job. You right. Know? He gets to be with people all day. Right. And so maybe when he goes home, he doesn't want to see anyone or talk to anyone. He wants to just, okay, right. who knows? But there is something about finding that comfort zone that you have of how much do you like to see other people. Now, I remember when I was telecommuting and working from home and on my own, that I found that it was very easy to get into that kind of a rut where you're just like at home in your sweatpants and t-shirt and like you don't go out at all for the whole day or for days, even days at a time. And it, there's so much more in the world to that. And it's so important to try to see other people and to stay involved in your community. Well, my community is all online. <laughs> All my friends are over I am and email anyway. Okay, so make some real life friends. Too. Yeah, it's hard when people... That... And don't depend just on your one spouse to be your lifeline to the rest of the world. If your spouse is the only other person you see or if they, uh, they go to their own job and they come home at the end of the day and that's like you're the only person that they ever talk to or vice versa, like you need to go out into the world. But part of the way that you can do that is you can, you can set, and in this article, the author calls it a normal people schedule, which means fit your working hours between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. And I think that's excellent advice. Just because you're working at home doesn't mean you should work all day long or that you should get out of bed and get a cup of coffee and then it, all of a sudden it's 2 p.m. before you realize that you have been in the zone all that time and you haven't gotten up yet. I haven't gone to the bathroom. I haven't shaved. I haven't showered, whatever. 
do those regular things. Take a shower. As if you were going to work. <laughs> you don't want to get dressed. Uh, I've said this before. You don't have to get dressed in a, a suit and tie. But put clothes on. Right. Don't be in just pajamas. Like put a pair of jeans on, throw a shirt on. You're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> because what you, can. So you can skip shoes. Shoes is fine. What can happen is. One of your in real life friends will say, hey, let's grab lunch today. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, sure. And you look down and you see that it's 1115. They want to meet at 12. Or 3 p.m. <laughs> and you're in your sweatpants and a t-shirt and you're not quite ready to go out. Chances are, well, I only I can do lunch today, but maybe later in the week. What right. do you mean you can't do lunch today? You work from home. What, what do you, can't you do? Come meet me. Well, I can't meet you at noon. Well, it's got to be at noon because I got a thing at one thirty. Well, but if you had gotten up and taken a shower like You'd a regular human. The other thing that I think a lot of people who work from home miss is the commute. I have a relatively short right. commute now. I have a 10, 15 minute commute tops. Mine's like 11 minutes, maybe. But you know what? That 11 minutes title is enough for you to transition from I am a person in a working environment to I am a person out of work. Yeah. So you need to give yourself a way to transition. And to like gear up. Like, okay, I'm going into work. Right. I can start thinking about work on my drive. Like, what do I need to do is the second I walk into the office? Like little things like that. How do you separate that if work is just the laptop? Is just 10 feet away. So one of the ways that I address this is I would dock my laptop and eventually switch to a desktop machine in that room. And that was the only place that I would allow myself to work. Designate an area. Designate my, is it a corner of your house? Is it a separate second bedroom? Is it a chair? Whatever it is, it's like, that's where work happens. And ideally, it's not the same place where you're doing fun stuff, social stuff, not your main living room. If you have no choice, you have no choice. But- if there's a way for you to separate it and make it and definitely don't work in the bedroom. Yeah, not in bed. You, you, you know, you want this to be, I'm not saying, oh, I had to make that exception one time. When I was sick. Right? But I'm saying like, don't make that a regular plate. Don't like sit at the kitchen table and then go sit at the dining room and then go sit on your pat. Make, okay, your patio is where you want to work. Fine. Like have a place you go because then that will feel like work. And when you walk out of that place, if you can shut the door. And that used to be a thing. Like when I was first working from home, like, okay, this spare little tiny little bedroom, that's where I work. So I would go in there in the morning and start my day and work in there. And then when I left it, I would shut the door behind me. Right. And I wouldn't do any work outside of that room. And that make it so you can't work outside of that room. Even. Right. Or right. if you don't, right, make your computer. Like a, 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 a thing that you is unmoving, you know, lock it to lock it to your desk or something where you can't exactly. like a laptop. You know, I'll, I'll find myself taking it home. And if I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do a little like Pinteresting or something. And I open it up and I see emails open. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, right. crap, I need to do up. that. Like and now I'm back into work mode and I'm trying to relax. And then I'm like, oh, I haven't even made dinner because I just sat here and did the spreadsheet instead of like I have that problem. Because I really enjoy working and I like spreadsheets. But like, uh, oh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, really interesting that you said like designate an area. I read something the other day that said uh, because our sense of smell is so connected with our brain and our memory and, and things like that, 
if you sit down and say you're going to work or be creative or whatever it is, the task that you're going to do, but let's just use work as, as an example since that, that's what we're talking about. Okay, it's, you know, nine o'clock. I'm working from home. I'm ready to work now. Light a candle, mm -hmm. one candle, one mm -hmm. specific scent. Pick one. Light that. And then every time when you need to work or be creative or whatever, if you light that candle, that's going to trigger something in your brain that's going to say, you know what? I remember this. This is when I work. And it's just going to help you focus maybe a little bit more. I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. And I was like, wow, that's cool. I, I totally love that. that. I mean, and the, anything that you can do, I absolutely love that idea. I've never heard that one before. And I think that's what coffee does for a lot of people. Definitely. Because it's the scent of coffee and you're like, that's sure. working. And you know? create, create that routine for mm -hmm. yourself that like when I, what I do when I go to work, well, I have, I go, I make coffee, I go into this room and when I'm in this room, I'm doing work stuff and then don't play in that room either. Right. Don't, don't bring your life stuff into the work room. Right. And that's a, that's a huge, huge, huge tip. Another tip in this article that I thought was important, schedule not only your work. In other words, schedule other things. Schedule work-related things. Schedule non-work-related things. Make sure that you do the other things. Because, for example, if you go to work, you will wind up interacting with other human beings, and through that interaction, you'll wind up doing things. What you time may, should we have a call? You'll have calls with people. You'll have meetings with people. You'll go to lunch with people. You will be engaged in that aspect of social life. Whereas if you're alone by yourself, you have to actually make an effort, but make that effort because it's worth it. May, try to exercise every day or every other day. Schedule lunches with people. Have regular recurring lunches with other people who also work from home. Right. Or who don't work from home. they probably need it too. They definitely <laughs> need it too. You know, like, like people who homeschool their kids, which... If you have kids that you could homeschool, I don't know, I, I would, I don't think I could do it. My kids are insane. <laughs> but, you know, if you're like homeschooling your kids, like they have like homeschool field trips where like all the homeschool right. kids and parents like still go because they know that's important. Having play dates where you like take your little child who's toddling around to like the playground or the little bounce house or the right. thing. And you're like, oh, I met another parent there. Friends. And we, they're like, right. the child is interacting or with like, other look, kids now. Our kids won't leave each other alone. They're probably going to be really good friends. I guess we should talk. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, let, let, you may, you may have to take the extra step to do this, but schedule time to do that. I think it's very easy for people to, to schedule things for work and not do things. For themselves yeah and i don't know why that is you just you need to you need to p force yourself to go out and interact with other human beings it's important to do it now there 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 are those people maybe you have a social uh, anxiety maybe you have other things that make social interaction difficult for you uh, obviously then maybe you don't need to do that but a little I'm bit more of a special case right uh, right and that's that's fine everybody is different uh, but I'm saying if 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 there's no uh, reason like that for you to not do it, integrate that. Go Don't hermit to, yourself. You away. know what? If there's a Ruby on Rails meetup every every Thursday, second Thursday of the month, go to that. You know, go to as many of those things as you can. If you if you know if you find that like co working is helpful, go co work. But you've got to you've got to make a structure for your day, and you've got to stick to that.
Otherwise, you'll spend way too much time working or not enough time working. And while we were talking about the last subject, Hattie handed me her phone. I screenshotted. Which is a screenshot of a tweet. That and the next picture, if you scroll to the next one. That is the second half of that. Ah, I see Which is great, too. And I would very much like to cover this topic. Yeah, I think it's great. This is an excellent topic. Especially since I just helped my sister with her resume and uh, things like that. Before we do that, let me tell you about Bench. Bench, I I love Bench. No, I love Bench. Bench is an online bookkeeping service. You get paired up with a team of dedicated bookkeepers, real human beings who use simple, elegant software to do your bookkeeping for you. It is perfect for an independent person. It is perfect for a small business. It is perfect for, I think, even a medium-sized business. I absolutely love this company. We were working with a very, very nice woman who was doing our bookkeeping, and we were spending a small fortune on this person. And to be honest... I mean, we got good work. She was doing great, but she was used to, like most accountants, if they want to make, or uh, bookkeepers, if they want to make a living, they want to work for like small businesses and medium-sized businesses and do their bookkeeping and accounting and that kind of stuff. But she was used to dealing, I think, with much bigger businesses than, than we were, but just a minimum level of engagement. You know what I mean? That there's a certain amount of engagement, her time. Right. But Bench, they, they change all that. They make this stuff real affordable. They made a special URL, bench.co, bench.co slash quit. You're going to get 20% off your first six months. Let me tell you how they work. Let me tell you what. You go there and you, you do the little setup where you put in the information about your company. And based on that information, they build like a profile and they start working with you. They start, it plugs into your um, it plugs right into your accounts so they can get all the transactions. They can get all the details. It's all secure. It's all encrypted. It's everything there. But then they do all the reconciliation. Oh, you use, you know, you have like a dedicated business credit card and you to get, went to a business lunch. Like they'll categorize that correctly. And so I just actually, just before we started the show, I got an email from Bench. And it says, hey, hey Dan. This is from my dedicated accounting person. Hey, Dan. Your books are now up to date for April 2016. There was one transaction I did need you to comment on. I'm available for a review call to go over everything as well. You can schedule that. She has a little link so I can schedule it with her. And when I go to the, uh, the link that she sent me, I, it takes me to like this really cool transactions page. And on the transactions page, it shows me this one transaction that she's asking me about. And she's like, what is this? And so what it is, is a $6 charge on my business credit card. I know exactly what this is. It was a parking when we went to a lunch meeting. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Uh Uh-huh. We went to a lunch meeting. And and, and, and so I used the business card because it was a business meeting. And so I have to go in and I can basically just, I click it and I can leave a little comment right there and I can say, this is parking for a business meeting. And then that's it. And usually there's maybe one, two transactions in the month and that's it. And at the end of the year, they have all this data compiled that they just give to my accountant. It saves me a fortune with yeah, my accountant. Wonderful. 
bench.co slash quit. Go there. Check it out. Support the show just by going there, but sign up and support yourself. It's awesome. Thanks very much to Bench. So now this email, I mean this tweet, uh, Brandon Friedman at B Friedman DC tweets, looking at intern resumes, having college kids describe their work experience is such a waste of time. The restaurant job isn't helping. To which a bunch of people said, uh, but we don't have any other experience. Well, so what are we supposed to right. put on there? <laughs> and someone else was like, actually, it does. It shows that they have had jobs. It shows that they right. have done things and had responsibility and maintained a job in tandem with going to school or during the summer or that they were productive or that they understand how, you know, blah, blah, blah. To which this uh, Brandon person responds and says, more useful writing sample, major, where you see yourself in five years, most interesting thing you've ever done, public social media links. Hattie, I have a lot to say about this, but I would like to hear what you have to say. Well, at first when I read it, I was kind of like, well, you're right, because, you know, my sister, I just helped her, uh, you know, tweak her resume and stuff uh, for her uh, job she was applying to, which she got, by the way. Yay. 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 And, uh, yes. And she, um, she was in each section under each thing that she had, she was, you know, describing things that she did and, uh, for each kind of role that she had. And I don't, I didn't know how relevant it was. And then I thought back to what I, would look for when I was looking over resumes for interns here. And like part of me is like, well, you don't need to put like, Oh, manage the cash register. Like that's not exactly what I am looking for when I'm trying to hire someone. Uh, And then I thought it was interesting what he says about five years, you know, where you see yourself in five years, because I think that's a great, a great thing. I don't know how many other places would want to hear that, but I think it is a great, uh, a great insight. Maybe, maybe it's a better interview question. Um, but I think that, I think that some people do have to put just like little summertime jobs. I, I know I had to, I, I did not, uh, have a real job, uh, before I had other jobs like my getting my first job. So I had to like, I worked summers uh, sometimes at my aunt and uncle's studio. And so like, that was what I had to put on my resume. And I didn't, I didn't really, it it made me feel like I didn't have anything. And a a lot of little jobs that I would apply to um, in college, especially like little coffee shop jobs and things like that, they all said experience required. But if everything said experience required, how am I going to get any experience? That was my my constant struggle when I just wanted one of those little jobs, especially like waitressing or something like that. They they all said experience required. And I was like, well, I'm never going to get it. But little did they know, I'm a really hard worker. <laughs> so right. I probably would have done half as good, maybe even better than some of the people there. Uh, but that didn't really 
stop me and I still got the jobs that I wanted and now <laughs> not in college but well here's uh, here's why I completely disagree with what Brandon is saying initially because if you think about it let me actually let me say something in a, let me say it in a different way Hattie let me modify what Brandon is saying ah. If you are a hiring manager for a job, let's say you are a 35-year-old person, you're in a management position, you're hiring people who are either interns or entry-level employees. They're coming out of college, they have no real work experience. You know that, first of all, because you're hiring people of this age for a reason, internship, entry-level stuff. What, What you do want to see You absolutely do want to see that restaurant job. What you don't need is a description of what they did at the restaurant. You just need a server, hostess. Right. They'll get it. Most people have been to restaurants. Right. (laughs) Now, one person I will recall that we interviewed had a uh, like a an ice cream factory touring job or something. Right. And that actually led. To and because she didn't describe it, it it led to questions that we wanted to ask her in the interview because right. we thought that was super interesting. I, and I think something like that might require a slight description or explanation. But if if the job that you had was a job that anyone else could have gotten if they had dressed nicely and interviewed well, then you don't need to describe what it is. Did you work in uh, in a, a gas station doing uh, oil changes? Then just a gas station attendant or whatever you did. We'll get the idea. Whatever it is that you did probably doesn't require explanation to somebody who's been in the workforce for 20 to 30 years. Right. And you don't need to like try and fluff it up, you Mm -hmm. know, and Mm -hmm. like instead of saying, you know, uh, stood at the front desk and (laughs) gave people menus. You don't have to say like uh, handled the entry of patrons (laughs) and. Right. um, uh made sure that each customer was aware of all of our uh, plentiful options. Right. We like get that, the idea. We, we, you handed out We know out what you did. <laughs> we know what you did. If there was something that you did extraordinary or there are really interesting highlights, you could, I could say you do that one, you know, one line where you say uh, highlights, colon, and then a, a few things that you did. But you know what? We, if you were bored by your job, the yeah, people reading your resume is probably it. bored but too. Definitely do list the job because I want to. If you worked as a server at a restaurant for six months, that's big difference from being there for two weeks or for three years, right? And if you're the kind of person who, you know, what you had a part time job at Publix and you were promoted from uh, bagging groceries to a junior stock person to a full time stock or something like list that right that's important uh and especially if you were there for a period of years like all of those things are important but we don't need that that detailed explanation but i do think that the suggestions for other things you want to do i i I think the idea that somebody who's coming out of college has any clue what they want to be doing or will be doing in five years (laughs) yeah that's true i don't think you should put that i'll tell you why Because it's going to be one of two things. Either it's going to be embarrassingly wrong 
Right. Or it's going to be what you think I want to hear. Uh-huh. And I don't want to, because you know what? You don't really know what I want to hear. And if you are just telling me <laughs> what I want to hear, I already don't like that attitude. Get out. There you go. So don't, don't list that. Right. Where you want to be in five. It doesn't matter. Like, don't be like, still at this wonderful company. Right. Just shut up. Right. <laughs> no. That's not what you want. And I know you that's not what you want. You want to be laying on a beach with a Mai Tai. I remember one time I was, uh, when I was doing consulting work, uh, after, I guess, you know, after my like second or third full-time job, I switched to do full-time consulting. And, uh, and the place that I, um, that I went, I was talking to the recruiter. And basically, the way that it worked is they would find you a placement as full-time at a company for a contract, three, six months, 12 months, whatever. And you would go in with whatever your skill set was. And a lot of the time, the company that you were being placed at would want to hire you, but sometimes they just... They needed to get an infrastructure built out. They knew it was going to take six months. They needed somebody who was really good at whatever Unix you knew. And they knew that after it was built and deployed that they wouldn't need you anymore. Well, that's fine, right? So what what would they do? They would uh, they would give you this, uh, this contract. You would go and do it. And I was talking to a recruiter one time. And I forget we were talking about savings or we were talking about something else. And she said... Something came up with like money and saving money. And she said, man, if I had $15,000 in the bank, you think I'd be sitting here right now talking to you? I'd be laying on the beach in Mexico. (laughs) And I realized like, wow, like she, there is a lot of people who, who really do just think that way. They're not planning for their future. They're not saving for retirement. They're not planning for a family. They're just like, like their goal is to get through the day so they can do the thing that they really want to do. Right. Which is sit on the beach in Mexico or whatever. Um, so having, showing a pattern of like having a job and keeping it for a while means you're not like a flight risk because, that, <laughs> right. because that's what a lot of employers have to deal with is that they hire someone, they put time and energy into training that person and getting them up right. to speed. The other people begin to integrate that person into their whole thing. And then all of a sudden you're all like... All the emails, they're CC'd on the right emails, they're given clients, right. and, and now then... They're gone. gone. Poof. What happened? Oh, well, they wanted to be on a beach in Mexico. Oh. So, yeah, that's basically... That's basically uh, it. But I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Heidi, you booked a lot of spots for us uh, this week, didn't you? Yep. Because we didn't do a lot of shows last month, isn't it? Yeah. Squarespace. Hello, Squarespace. How are you? I'm <laughs> fine. Let me tell you a little bit about what I do. What do you do? I make it's websites. It's so nice to meet you, Squarespace. I make websites that look professional. <laughs> That's so cool. You don't need to know HTML. Oh, really? You don't need to know CSS. Hattie, you don't need to know it. Are you sure? Yes. You need no skill. You don't, you can use it. (laughs) But you don't need to know it. Do you have a domain? No. That's fine. If you sign up for a year, I will give you a domain. Yay! Would you like to spend some money to try the service? Or would you like to try it free? Well, if I had the choice, probably free. Squarespace.com slash quit will get it to you for free. And when you decide to sign up, 
Use the offer code QUID to get 10% off your first purchase. I am Squarespace. I am the voice of Squarespace. (laughs) Do not mock the voice of Squarespace. (laughs) Start your free trial today on me. Squarespace.com slash quit. That is me. (laughs) Intuitive tools. Easy to use. Are you drag and drop? Of course. (laughs) Because I am the best. Any other questions for me? No. What if you want to sell something? Do you want to sell something? I might. You can sell it on me. (laughs) Commerce built in. Do you have a logo? No. I make logos. Oh, yeah? Squarespace.com. Slash quit. So glad I met you, Squarespace. I don't know where I'd be. Join me. (laughs) At squarespace.com slash quit. And when you join me, use code quit to get 10% off. Good night. And sleep well. (laughs) I think that may be the best spot. Yeah. That's ever happened on on 5 by (laughs) 5 I don't know what just happened. I was just, I was rebooting a Linode. Oh, and that, and, and your voice I, yeah, went that way. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, well, you know. So what else you got? That's all I got. I thought we were going to be done at four. How long of a show did we do? Talk about putting in extra time. An hour and 17 minutes. I think that's enough. We did all the spots? Yes. Okay, good. If, what, if you count that last one as a spot. That is definitely a spot. <laughs> I can't wait for Mimi to hear that. Mimi is my mom's name. Mimi is my aunt's name. Mimi uh, is not a name you hear very often anymore. What is it short for, your aunt? Mary. Mary became yes. Mimi? Yep. We got to find out what Mimi over at Squarespace is short for. I feel like that's just her whole name. Mimi is know. a full name? Yeah. What is your, your M- mother's? Miriam. Miriam. Mm-hmm. I like that name. Biblical, I think. It is. The woman on Courage the Cowardly Dog is named <laughs> Miriam. <laughs> Miriam okay. and Eustace. All right, well. Oh, I got to get back to coding. So See? that's it. That's all you got. 5by5.tv slash quit slash 93. Seven more episodes left to do forever. You can follow Hattie on Twitter. She's at Hattie Bird, H-A-D-D-I-E Bird. I am at Dan Benjamin on Twitter. We appreciate you listening. Thanks to our sponsors for making the show possible. Thanks to you for listening. You know what? If you don't like our sponsors, that's cool. You can donate to the show and help support it by going to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash five by five. Donate a buck. Donate five bucks. Donate whatever you feel is fair, and we appreciate it. Every little bit helps. Thanks for listening. Have a good week.